Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, the, lo- the lovely Joanne's going out of town on Saturday. She has a speaking engagement. She's University of Pennsylvania is flying her back to speak. And what I'm happy about is I love eating fish. Joanne likes fish, but I can eat fish every night. And since she moved out here, she, for some reason, doesn't like cooked salmon. She likes salmon sushi. I love cooked salmon. So I think for like four nights, I'm just going to eat salmon. And I honestly, I can't wait. And I'm hoping it's on sale because what makes my day is when I get the flyers from Ralph's and Sprouts and I sit there and whatever is on sale, whatever fish it is, I get excited and I always plan a five-day menu. And so it may be ahi one week, but I'm hoping because salmon's been up high in price. I'm hoping salmon's on sale because she's not around. I'm going to be eating a lot of salmon. Anyway, enough about me. We have a, we have a great show today. We have a, we have a very talented lady. We have Ty Babylonian. Hello. How you doing, Ty? Are you a Virgo by any I, chance? I'm a Scorpio. Okay. And I'm a you, it's that, what you just said was very organized and very I'm gonna do this da, ba, 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 have the salmon you know well, my girlfriend's a Virgo she was born on September 2nd so okay. I, th- I think she's wearing off on me because yes. I've always, I know I've always I'm, I'm messy but I've always done the I plan my menu which she cracks up for like five days I'll go okay what are we gonna have and she's like I don't know I'm like no I have to know because I go to Sprouts and I get my vegetables then I go to Ralph's and then occasionally if she wants something from Trader Joe's I'll go there Okay, but I'm so weird that where I live in Burbank the Sprouts is great the Ralph's across from Sprouts I call the Ghetto Ralph's because it's sort of like gross inside oh we had a Ghetto Ralph's in Sherman Oaks it's now going to be redone and there's just you can tell a difference like the floor looks dirty oh yeah and so so I drive we called ours Dirty Ralph's yeah okay but it's true because there's rock and roll Ralph's (laughs) in Hollywood there's Ghetto Ralph's here and now we have Dirty Ralph's Dirty Ralph's which sorry Ralph's but you know you gotta get these stores no they they stepped it up like a hundred notches I can't wait till it opens and so yeah so I go to the other Ralph's and then I get my fish there and I know the fish lady and she's nice because like you know i get frozen tilapia even though it's previously frozen she knows there's frozen <laughs> in the back and she gives it to me are you are you a shopper do you shop a lot like that or are you a healthy eater i'm a healthy eater um no no meat no chicken i've, I've cut down fish because i love fish too but just you know what's happening the contamination i just get nervous so i'm you know i'm not a vegetarian but you know just you know, a little bit picky. Little well, bit vegetables, picky. I mean, it's so funny. I we love talk vegetables. About, you know what's funny is I, I got like the Groupon. <laughs> I'm big in the Groupon. Right, there right. was Vegetarian Magazine and it was like six bucks for a year's subscription. Yeah. And the recipes are great. And they you look at it and you go like, I'm making rolled oats with brie and tomatoes you know, coming up. There you up. go. And you go. It's so good. Yeah, and it's so, and you feel, you feel really good. Yes. After you, like, I don't, I don't, it's funny. I'm not a big steak eater, and it's not. It's because I don't really like steak. Right. But I eat. When you eat steak, you feel it. You know, and you feel I don't heavy. Yeah, and yes. I don't eat a lot of junk food. And when you feel it, you really feel a difference in your body. Yeah. After you haven't. Yeah. No, I have. I've stopped. I stopped meat a long time ago. Chicken a long time ago. Just not interested. Um, but salmon, as you, I mean, you sound like you love, I salmon. love salmon. That's it's your so, fish, and it's so good. Do you for like you. shellfish? Yeah, I love. I love. I grew up in New Jersey, and we ate. Okay. I mean, we would sit there when I was a little kid. This Mm -hmm. is no lie, which makes no sense. (laughs) When I was three, I never ate off a kid's menu because I was the youngest, and my mom would always share because my mom didn't have a big appetite. Right. And our my mom and dad would take us to a seafood place, and I don't know. When I was three, my three favorite uh, foods were scallops, 
club sandwiches and ribs for a three-year-old. That's unbelievable. That three- is unbelievable. Yeah, I don't even know how I like scallops. Scallops. At They're so good. They are great. But you have lobster. To, I, I, I see. I'm, I think lobsters. I'd rather have crab than lobster. It's very weird. Mm. I don't know why I've never gone crazy Ooh. on lobster. So I love, I love it. We gotta talk about you. I know with about the fish, but see, this is what we do. Cooped up. Now you were, <laughs> you, you were just, now people. If you don't know, and, and I'm gonna give you a compliment. You are if you look at the history of figure skating. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right. one of the top five American figure skaters ever. And I, I don't I don't say that. No, I say that because you know. And I, I I did some reading. I mean you I mean you took you and Randy Gardner, your partner, took uh, Dorothy Hamill's place as the headliners in the ice capades. That's right. And so yes. now, if people, they, but when I was younger, there were the Ice Follies, and then they became the Ice Capades. Right. Those are the two, the two main touring and, shows. And for the younger people in the audience, you know, you you may have heard of Dorothy Hamill, but Dorothy Hamill was huge. And you know, I remember I still bother me. She had that wedge cut. And when that I was bothered you? No, because when I was in <laughs> sixth, no, when I was in sixth grade, I had long hair, right. and my mom took me to the uh, fashion school, and they cut it wrong, and. They, they gave you a, a wedge. wedge, and everyone called me Dorothy Hamill. But luckily, I got oh mono in the six weeks of school, and my hair grew back. Oh, and it grew out. But yeah, but you, you know, you took yeah, we toured, their place, we, and and yeah. it's like that's like royalty. I mean, I, I, I hate to say Thank it, but it, it's it's amazing, you know, because you know we watch, you know, people younger know about the Tanya Harding and the Nancy Kerrigan because the whole debacle. Right. But you guys were because of your talent, which you is amazing. You I mean, just, you. Yeah, and I could I could talk for hours about this, especially with what happened, you know, in the last couple of weeks in Sochi. But yeah, I've known Randy and I've known Dorothy since 1974. We were world team members. We were on the Olympic team with her. We were there when she won. We toured with her for at least a decade, um, on various shows, Vegas and all over the country. And we just did a gig with Dorothy and Scott Hamilton two months ago in Cleveland for the Cleveland Clinic. Oh, with um, which Robbie is involved in Robbie okay. Benson. So anyway, yeah, we're like family, but we're we're it's it's a we're old school. We were true amateurs. Right. There is no such thing as an amateur. Not, not in young. my sport. Everyone gets paid. Now, you're a kid who's from California. Yes, born in Hollywood. How do you get into ice skating? Because I like for us, like for us, it was like growing up back east. We were, you know, we had the you seasons. You can hose down your, your, yeah, exactly. your um, driveway. And as a kid in Hollywood, because, you know, and everyone seems, you know, in Hollywood, you think if you're a kid who grows up here, you want to get into acting. And you're in California, so yes. it's not like ice skating. Was Did something, did you watch ice skating I did once? watch something. I saw, a, um, probably, I think in 1966, when Peggy Fleming was coming into her own. And I think, two, yeah, two years she won, two years after that in 68, she won the Olympic Games. Um, I had seen her on television um i didn't know what figure skating was i had no idea who she was i was six years old but i just she looked like this skating fairy princess and i just i i locked into it so my parent my mom took me skating no sorry my godfather took me skating here at pickwick okay yeah right here in yeah, yeah because yeah. once again there's not a lot of ice skating ice rinks around yes. here so and because it's so nice out i mean that's right. the weird thing burbank actually had an outdoor ice skating rink this year that's right. And I heard it was beautiful. It a lot was, of those popping up, the outdoor rings. Because for some reason they can control it. And a lot of, yeah. we're so much of a misplaced town where people from the Midwest and all, they want right. to get that chance to skate. Yeah, and outdoors is ba- the best. So, so you go yeah. to Pickwick. Go to Pickwick with my godfather. Didn't know what skating was. Didn't know the ice was going to be cold and 
it, the rink was going to smell funny, and there were a ton of kids. It was a birthday party. So I ended up crying, and he had to take me home. I, I guess I saw it on TV once again, and now I knew what kind of what it was. This is when I saw Peggy. And I understood it. I understood you're going to fall. Understood the ice was cold, obviously. And it was just, you know, it was a, a different environment. And my mom took me to group lessons, and I was hooked. Wow. I was hooked. And, uh, Probably it, 1967. See, that's in, how... In Culver City. Okay, and that's what's funny is also one thing about being in California. Mm-hmm. It, it's... It, it must be weird when you're coming out from the sun where it's warm and it's not like, you know, it's not like you're in back east. You're like, oh my God, it's cold. Okay, right. we're getting the ring. Right. So that must be a weird adjustment because mm-hmm. you're actually, you're living two different lives. You're living like Absolutely. the polar bear life yes. and then you're living the California warm kid life. But I love the indoors. My uh, Both my parents were tennis players. My brother played tennis. So they love the outdoor sports. There was something about being in an ice rink where I felt safe because it was. Um, and it was, I call it my, my frozen playground. It's, it's really, I spent more time in that rink in Culver City than I did at home. Okay. Yeah. And loved it. Is it like, you know, when I was younger, like the kids were (laughs) swimmers, they had to swim a lot. Did you have to sit there and be really go be dedicated and go like five days a week or absolutely as you're younger yes i'm guessing that someone noticed that you had talent else they wouldn't have you wouldn't have got a coach they would have just said right it's like anything if you see a kid doing it oh yeah they're good so who who was the first person to approach you and say this girl has talent her name um my first real skating coach her name was mabel fairbanks um one of the first and only black coaches in the history of skating and she had students of every color um Rich, poor, she taught, Mabel was the teacher who taught um, the uh, actor's kids, Dean Martin, Danny Kaye. Okay. She was that, she had that personality where you just gravitated toward her. She um, is responsible for putting, for tell, asking me to hold Randy's hand in 1968, skate around the ring together. It was because of Mabel, there's a tie in Randy. Now, did you did you sit there and ever think that you could, because you, you're skating on your own, did you ever think mm-hmm. that you might become, were, were couples something that you fathom in your head, like a skating no, pair? I so, had no idea. So you're, 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 and how, you're, you're, how old are you? Eight, when okay, I met Randy. So you're, you're skating for a little bit on your own. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you're, I'm sure you get into your own shell, because you have mm-hmm. to have a certain confidence when you right. skate, because it's like any performance if you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden... Are you a little irritated going, wait a second, it's about well, me? Or because you're young <laughs> and you're an eight year old girl and you probably don't right. like boys. Well, and you're like, this, I don't want to hold so this funny. guy's hand. Um, yeah, we were solo skaters and I didn't know Randy that well. And he was t- obviously taking from Mabel too. And he was a much better skater than I was and probably skating a year longer than I was. And she, they, the, the rink needed a, a um, they were having a club show and they needed a Dr. Doolittle. And his companion. Okay. So Randy got the Dr. Doolittle gig, and they needed the little girl. That was me. So she really had to bribe us because, you know, kids that age, Randy had a major um, condition called cooties. So there was no way I'm going to hold his hand. Um, So she had to bribe (laughs) me with Barbie dolls and candy just to hold, you know, just to do this and skate around the ring. So it took us a year. To really get the hang of it. And, you know, it, I guess we were cute. I don't know what she saw in us. Well, what's amazing is that, and, and you know, and, you know, when you sit there and you see years later when you guys were skating, you don't mm-hmm. really, you don't think about that. That, yeah, girls at eight don't like boys. So it's, Not it's, it's a thing where it's like, it's, 
I don't know. It's just amazing. It says monuments about her as a coach to sit there and be able to get you to sit there. And so, so you start doing it. And then now when you're skating with him, now do you start saying, okay, this is fun. I like this Paris thing. Or are you still saying, I want to rebel and go on my own? Well, we all, the funny thing is we, we continued doing both up until 1977. Okay. And competing in both. Um, We, you know, since changed coaches, but it really took us a year to get to understand what pair skating was. I still, you know, by watching other teams at the rink or seeing it on TV and just getting to know each other and becoming friends. Um, Randy and I are now in our, we are way past the 40 year mark of our friendship and our, our, you know, partnership, which is amazing. One partner for this the whole time, no one else ever. And yeah, and it's it's not like you know you, you know it's not like a band. You know you can replace someone. You can't replace a partner because there's probably so well, much trust. I mean, but it's not going to be the same, be the same synergy that you guys. They have. do that a lot now. Um, you see, we call it partner swapping or whatever. It's if that if the girl is too if she gets heavy or if she starts to grow or the boy is not tall enough, they will go for the the little girl or the stronger guy. Randy and I. You know, we're very similar in height. And we just, our coach, our later coach, figured out what works best for us. Because we weren't able to do those big whoop de doos and the triple twists and the triple throws. We just couldn't because of our, you know, similar similarity in height. So we made it work. And we gutted it through. And, you know, we ended up world champions and, and right. two-time Olympians. It's pretty, now I was, that I think yeah. about it, it's an amazing, oh, it's amazing. No, you five times U.S. champion. Yes. So I mean, that's like that's like people. That's and no like, one's done That's it. like the Pittsburgh Steelers of hockey. You know, like the right. Super Bowls. Right. So you're, you're skating and your kids, and now mm-hmm. when do people start taking notice? Going, wow, these people, these kids are good, and and you and, and probably there's probably other skaters because I, I I think skaters probably like uh, like you know how people are any, any profession. People are jerks. They don't like someone who are younger. You guys are young and you're right. getting good. I bet some of the right. older kids were like not liking you too much. Well, it's like who are these two? And it because we improved. We, you know, Mabel got us to a certain point where she and then she did. It's like well. I can't do any more for you. So we went to a coach named Mr. Nix at a rink in Santa Monica, which is now a Fred Siegel clothing boutique on 5th and Broadway. Um, so we went to him in 72. We won. The next year we won. We became junior champions, which was incredible. It just happened really quick. We improved really fast. And that's, when, I would say, 1973 is when it's like, okay, who are these kids from California? They're really good. Let's keep an eye on them. Let's support them, blah, blah, blah. So you start on the U.S. championship. You start winning the U.S. championships, mm-hmm. and then now you win five in a row. Is, is it five in a row? Five in a row. Okay. Now, in what as you're doing the U.S. because I'm not familiar with the figure skating world, mm-hmm. you're doing the U.S. champions. When do you get to go to go to the world champions? Is that is that a certain? I mean, when you um, you become a senior seniors. We were juniors when we okay. went to the coast. So once you, you there's this next step is our seniors, and then you have a chance of going to the world championships. So in 1974. Our first year as a senior pair, we went. We, and we were, I think it's in the record books, we were the youngest to go to Munich at the World Championships. Now, how did you do? We were 10th. Okay. We were 10th in 74, 75. Um, and then we went to 5th. No, sorry. Then we, wait a minute, 74, 75, 76. Then we went to 5th. So we, we improved really 
but you were right. kids. That's we were it's amazing. Kids. We were young teenagers. What was that like? Now, had you been out of the country before? When you, before you went to Munich, had you been out of the country? Yes, we we were the first. No, no, so, of, no. Had you ever been out of the country before you went to Munich? Yes, in okay. 1973, Randy and, Randy and I were. It's so weird because I can't remember all this. We were the first amateur skaters okay. ever sent to Moscow. Okay. I was 12. So what was it like? I mean, but you think, I mean, I know it's a while ago, but yeah. Russia was so different. Oh, my God. And, I mean, what was it? Did, I, did people it like follow gray. you around? Were, it was, the rooms were bugged. I mean, I'm going to write about this because I'm, I'm working on a book. I'm going to hear this because this is fascinating. Yeah. You, it's, we, it's I was cold 12 war. years old and, and very cold, very dark. You always felt like you were being watched, and we were. Um, almost positive the phones were bugged, and there were, you know... The room was bugged. You would just see little, like, what's that contraption? Okay. Odds are we're being bugged. God, we're that's being watched. Crazy. Um, but, you know, I just, I forget that Randy and I did all this stuff, all these wonderful, we had this adventure at such an early age. Yeah, and then you said you won. When you won, how old were you? When you won, won the world champion? Um, 18. And that was in Austria? 79. Russia? That was in 1979. In Russia? That was in Vienna. Yeah, Austria. Okay. Now that must have been nice. Beautiful. I'm part Austrian, so my. Are my, you? Have you been to Vienna? No. Oh. I my, my, see my Lovely. mom's my mom's father, mm-hmm. and my mom's mother was from Austria. She came through Ellis Island. Okay. And they, Got her it. name was Nieder or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, Beautiful. So, Beautiful. So, so what is it like? I mean, to to win the world champion, just like well, first of all, mm-hmm. you know, you, when you're skating in front of a giant audience, this the. It must be. I mean, I did. I I do stand up, and I you know, and you, you play in front of crowds, and it's a great feeling. But when you're playing in front of this audience, and a difference between stand up, people, if you do bad, they don't care. Everyone wants you to see. Everyone wants to see you do do well and be very elegant. And to be 18 when you're, I mean, 18. I was going to college. And I was thinking about drinking beers and hitting up on freshman girls. I mean, for you, you're eight. I mean, that's but you're 18. You are on this center stage yeah. of this amazing you know competition because ice skating is such a classy you know sport and just the, the feeling what is it like for an 18 year old kid from hollywood so you must be sitting, i mean you must be sitting there going we wow were, yeah we you know what we were very disciplined on the ice um skaters are some of the the wildest off the ice you know we know we have a job to do on the ice but you once you get all you know especially the girls cuz you know we've been cooped up for a long time right. you let us out we're going to go for it but we know once we're in the rink we have a job to do it's interesting but skaters are are very similar to rockers not that you know not to that rock and roll extent but pretty wild pretty fun we like to have a great time but we're it's it's like um it's a controlled wildness. Right. Well, you have to be. I mean, it's because yeah. you, 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 the thing is between you and rockers, rockers don't need discipline. You know, rockers right. can go up on stage, yeah, right. trash a room. Yeah. You know, you hear a skater trash in a hotel room, you go, wait, wait a second, wait, no, you know, it's, right. it's a different thing. Right, yeah, yeah. So you win, the world, you win the world champions. Now, when, when's your first Olympic? What year is your first the, Olympic? Before that, in 76, and now with what Dorothy is, Hamill. What is that like? I mean, because, you know, you think my, my girlfriend's um, cousin swam in the Atlanta Olympics. And uh, it oh, was okay. it was amazing. I mean, you know, and it's just must be an amazing feeling because one, you're representing our country, and, yes. and 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 I'll be honest. Back then, I feel that that was more of a bigger thing. You know, we we people rallied around the U.S. flag more back then. So interesting. I mean, do you do you notice that, or I mean, just wondering. well, I it, you know when it changed, and I'm not putting down it. You know, no, I want to hear this. I wanna... I'm not putting down any network. But there's something, something happened when the Olympics went from ABC to 
NBC. And Something, and I, I can't pinpoint it, but, it, uh, you know, I come up with the innocence is gone because it just, it's become so commercial and slick to me. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. I'm the one who vocalizes it, but there's something, something happened when Jim McKay and Chris Schenkel and Dick Button, something happened when they left, and, was, uh, and we all missed that. I was going to say with Jim McKay, and I think also, though, when it was on ABC, and you know, yes. and, and we knew when everything was going to be on. Oh, yeah. I'll now be it's honest. All, like, this, everywhere. This past Olympics, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, because- Be honest. I'll be honest if no, you're honest. Thank God for- NBC Sports because my girlfriend likes ice skating so she could watch it. I could not go on the internet without knowing anything that happened. Like you go to your homepage, Yahoo, it says who won. And so I'm not going to watch the Olympics. I already know. I'm driving yeah. home. I'm driving from somewhere and the guy on the radio goes, oh, I heard you like ice pairs when the pairs, the guy, the, the couple won, the US. Yes, the dancers. Oh, they won. So then I have to sit there and I can't say anything to my girlfriend who's watching it because right. she didn't see it. Yeah. And they, it's a matter of, you know, I'm sorry. Maybe because when I was younger and watched the Olympics, like when you were in the Olympics, it wasn't on every network. It was. It was and we didn't ABC. have all the social media. Right. It's on Twitter and Facebook before, and it's like I didn't even watch TV. I didn't. You don't have to. Which I got to tell you about Twitter. I know you started following me. And I started following you. Yeah. I, I I'm glad you. I saw one of your posts about. What did I write? No, it was about Dick Buttons and uh, oh. his. His posts were great. I remember he you said is amazing. it was hysterical. He's yes. talking about how the skates are ugly, yep. and I'm not I, saying I this love Russian that, girl because he's the thing is he's right. Yeah, and you, but you, I was good because it got me into it because I was like, oh, this is yeah. cool. Yeah, that it's old school, but there's something. It, all I can I can you know chalk it up to we we were we were just more innocent. We like I was t saying before, we were the true amateurs. We didn't have agents. We didn't have managers. We didn't have PR people. You didn't have we, you didn't have the big we endorsements. We had our coach. Yeah, you and our parents, we weren't allowed to accept money. It's a whole different ball game in all sports. And there's something, there's, you know, I understand it's great that you now have money to pay for your training, blah, blah, blah. But it's over the top for me. And you're not seeing, especially in my world, you're not seeing those great performances. You won't see, a, a, you know, a Dorothy Hamill or a Scott Hamilton or a Ty and Randy. Those days are over because well, there's so much else going on. Well, yeah, I think where now, the focus is gone. Well, it's the same with, with uh, athletics. You know, with college athletics. You know, people you know they they want to come out and make the money, so they don't try the college basketball players. They come out mm -hmm. their freshman year because right. why go? You know, do it. There's I don't think there's that. You don't if you show a little bit of glimmer, you're gonna make the big money. But for when you guys were amateurs, you had to win. And then even when you won, like even when you made the Olympics the yeah. first year, yeah. you couldn't get endorsements after that. No. Even though, cause you, I even though you're champions. This. Yeah, I just wrote about this. I did a blog for Paul Williams, the famous composer. Yes. Arranger. Um, he's got a, it's Gratitude and Trust is the site. And they wanted me to guest blog. And I started it out with, um, first of all, a story um, regarding Rafer Johnson and having a part. Tell me, because I, yes. I love this kind uh, of stuff. Rafer, I was um, at one of these Olympic events here at the Beverly Hilton a few weeks ago, and we shared a ride home because we live in the same area. And I said, Rafer, because I know I had a story, I said, you know, w what was it like back in the early 60s? He won the decathlon in 60. Right. So before this, he would train at UCLA on the track. And his great friend, Kirk Douglas, was training, too, getting ready for Spartacus. Um, so they were starting to cast for Spartacus. And Kirk Douglas said to Rafer, I got a part for you. It's yours. You didn't have to audition. It's yours. I forget the name. But it was a leading part. Kind of a fighting scene, I think, with Kirk Douglas. 
And Rafer was so excited. And so we went back to the Olympic Committee and said, I got this and I want to do it, blah, blah, blah. And they said, if you take this, you're out. And I had a similar story. His story was better. Randy and I, after the 76 Olympics, did a Flip Wilson special. You'll appreciate oh, yeah, that. Flip. Um, and the stars of the special were Alex Karras, most are gone, Minnie Ripperton, Sheila Young, Richard Pryor, who we barely saw. Right. <laughs> kind of stuck in his room. <laughs> God love him. And someone else. Anyway, because we weren't allowed to accept money for our guest spot, uh, Flip felt really bad. So he, there, was a, there were two Siberian Huskies using a scene with he and Richard Pryor. Really funny. And Randy and I got those dogs because we could not accept money to do this TV special. And it's funny. You think, you think even back then, though, because, like, I mean, yeah. I, I've seen some specials about the NCAA and different yeah. stuff. Some people would think that's a violation, which is, which is so... To get the dogs? Yeah, because like, you see, like, if someone gives something, you know, but that's oh. what's stupid, because it's like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're, right. Someone gave you a dog. Yeah. That so was... that must be frustrating, because your guys well, are becoming these We didn't stars. know any better, though. We didn't, you know, it's it's... We, that's just how we did it. We, you know, we, we, and we knew, um, but how, you know, times have changed. Oh, yeah, I mean, crazy. you saw all the endorsements at these games. You can't get away from it. It's like every But is guy, it too much to you? Is it, is it a turnoff? You no, know, okay, here's my feeling. Be honest. Okay, I'll be honest. When I see a Sean Green get a lot of endorsements, I'm fine with that because he... Who's Sean Green? The uh, Flying Tomato. No, no, oh, no, Sean... Sean, no, Sean White. Sean White. Sean White, yes. When I see him... I don't, I don't have a problem with that because he, there, his stuff wasn't even in the Olympics. Okay, he was a snowboarder and he made all his money as a snowboarder. Right. And then you see him, right. I don't have a problem with that because he was right then, he was already at the top of his right. class yes. and everyone knew him. He was in his video games. Mm -hmm. So when you see him, I don't look at it as an Olympic athlete. I just look at it as Sean White. Interesting. But when I see someone else, that's great. But when they're in so many commercials, and what cracks me is a lot of them get, they don't win. Yeah, that's my thing. I sit there and jump I, the gun. Yeah, it's you have all these commercials. You're the next big thing. Well, my feeling is you can't be the next big thing until you've won. You better prove it's, it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like with uh, with even in the Olympics, the 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 swim last swimmer, not not Spitz, uh, not not uh not Michael Phelps, but the other the guy, the the. Oh, uh, whatever his name, you know. What I'm I don't about. know. I know you're talking he, about. He, he's just a dumb guy. Oh! <laughs> and no, and, I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, I hate to say it, but I saw like in Phil. Think of his name. Yeah, but, but you I know, think I met him. And he, but he's he had his, but he, he was this great hope, but he won a gold. That's great, but he was in seven races. Like right. you know, like right. Michael Faust is a monster, and Mike Ma monster. Mark Spitz, those guys, they won. And yes, if, if you, if you, you win better 50, have something to back it. If you win fifty percent, that's cool. Yeah, but for some people, and you know, there's a figure skate, a figure, I mean, a, a snow skier who mm -hmm. she's uh, very Lindsay, popular. Lindsay, yeah, Lindsay Vaughn. What does she want? I mean, you know, she. I mean, it, she's been after the Olympics. This, this, this. Mm -hmm. It's like what? There's a lot of you hype. Haven't won anything. Yeah. But then you turn around the kids who won the uh, the skate dancing. Yes. You're not going to see hardly any endorsements because no one really knows about dancing right. the skates. And right. that's. What, I hope that changes because they are phenomenal. Yeah, and they, they are they, beautiful to look at. And they want a goal. And they want a goal. And they, you know, they could back it. But it. This is a problem I have. And Randy and I got a little taste of it. In 1980, before the 80, you know, we had, we, 76, no pressure, Olympics, we're young, new kids on the block. Four years later, a whole different story. But what is that like? 
when oh you have that. I mean, because uh, leading up to Lake Placid, yes, and plus it's in America. It's like the hometown. Oh my advantage. god! Can you imagine though now how many endorsements you guys would have had? <laughs> you would have been. It would have been like. It would have been Randy, Ty and Randy TV. <laughs> I know. It would have been like the own cable network. I, you would have had a reality show. That. You would have had all that stuff. Right. So what was that like? You know, in 1980, you had the pressure because you guys are the best in the world. Yeah. And we had won the year before the world championship. And no so. one likes the Russians. I mean, that's that's the whole. Well, you know, that was that was something that was built up. You right. know, this ABC jumped on it. They said, "Here's this rivalry. You know, we could care. We just want to go out and skate. Right. Our best. But they, you know, they got to build it." And they need the ratings and blah, blah, blah. So I, we understood that. And you kind of, you know, you got to ignore it. You really have to put your blinders on because there was so much press and so many interviews to the point of one interview, we were doing so many. And I knew it was an intrusion. And I was miked. And I forgot I was miked. And I was having a, t- a horrible day. Just not because sh- there were lights on and we're training and it's not... And you're feeling the pressure, and, and the thing oh is, you're God. still, and you're I still a kid. And, you, and but some, you know, there's a party. It's like, well, we have to do this, and so we did it. And I forgot I was miked, which has happened a few times. And I went into the bathroom, and I, I said some curse words, and my coach found out, and he, he yelled at me. He said, "You're going home." That interview never got shown. So it was that kind of pressure. It was intense. And then you go into magazine stores, and you see your, you know, they see they have you. Winning the gold, as we saw here in Sochi, not here, but there. They have you winning before you even get there. Right. That's a problem to me because it backfires. So we had all this pressure, you know, great press, but a lot of pressure. We get to Lake Placid. My partner's hurt. We have to withdraw. It's just, you know, it. I mean, it's surreal. Looking back at it now, it's just interesting how it all worked out yeah i mean how do you i mean it's so it's so weird because you are the favorites and mm-hmm. you were the best in the world and you know and you don't think of injury you don't see a lot of people get hurt in the olympics but i know he had had hurt his groin before, before. two weeks before yeah so it was a, a injury that you know i'm sorry when you skate i'm sure the groin is a very important well, yeah part of the skating it kind of has to heal itself right and he thought it was and Randy is not a complainer. We just, you know, we weren't whiners. We didn't complain. He'll work it through. And it was actually okay. I didn't know the extent of it. They sort of, I was kept in the dark through all of it up until the night we were to, we had to withdraw. But Randy really thought it was skatable. So we get to Lake Placid and it flared up again. I'm sure, you know, you know, the stress had something to do with it also. It was just a lot. And it kicked up again, and he once again he thought he could skate it with some help. And so um, that night, the night we withdrew, um, Randy went in the back dressing room to get the shot of xylocaine from Dr. Daly. And um, once again, I didn't know all this was happening. He got the shot; it deadened the pain in the in the where it hurt. But they're saying the doctor administrated too much of the xylocaine where it went down his whole leg. So, so when you see that footage and you see Randy's leg buckling underneath him, he could not feel the whole leg. Okay. Done. We're done. So does that just must be devastating? I mean, because you're a young it's kid. It's heartbreaking. But, it's heartbreaking. But see, More for him. But you know what's weird is, and this is the way that people are, I wonder if people, if you had... One... No, not if you had not won. Let's say you actually were in it, and let's say you guys had a bad performance and uh-huh. you came in fourth. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people would sit there and be more forgiving, or would they be? You know, you know, I'm they're coming. They're fickle. Yeah, I'm thinking Fans if they're going. Well, they're saying they got hurt. 
the, so you're still the sweethearts. But if you came in fourth, because you're right, people turn so oh fast. Oh my god! It and might in be my sport. Yeah, it might be like, well, they weren't supposed to win. I mean, yeah. it must. So it's, it's a lot of question marks. But with with what happened, um, my my theory is it happened. Everything happens for a reason. I know that's cliche, but I that's honestly true, think. Um, because sometimes if you win, they're they're the first ones to, to drag you down. But with what happened with Randy and the, that whole incident, our fan base latched onto us. The world latched on latched onto us. Still to this day, we still get mail. We still get, you know, how is he? It's like how many years ago was that? Almost thirty. What is that like? It's that, amazing. That must be surreal. Just that you're you're international. It's not like you know, like an athlete that's a popular football player mm-hmm. unless you're a michael jordan mm-hmm. you know but the the person you know even i mean what's it like to be international i mean you and i'm sure now because there's a lot more younger people that mm-hmm. don't aren't in uh aren't don't have knowledge of your career right. at that time you probably really couldn't go anywhere without any and not just anywhere in the u.s without getting recognized i mean if you say ah, i'm gonna get away i'm gonna go to russia well no they know you in russia they know you. what is that like because you're you're an international superstar it's it's, and you're young how old were you it was when you were it was 20 you were 22 maybe in in 1980 yeah. 1920 somewhere so in there. so you're yeah. an international star and mm-hmm. you're you're bigger than rock stars because i mean you know what is that like as how do you how do you control Process that it. yeah in your head because you you can't go anywhere. Well, it wasn't that, you know, we weren't, we weren't, it's not like it is today. Yeah, we had no TMZ back then. Right. But, um, it, it, we were honored. It wasn't, it was never a distraction. We were, you know, we knew it was going to happen and you're just gracious because these are, those are your fans and those are the, those are the people you want in your professional career too to, you know, to pay for those tickets to ice capades. So it's just, it was just natural for us to be gracious. I see some of that missing with athletes today. Where's humble? What happened to humble? Right. Be just be happy that you were there. How lucky that you were at the Olympics. But it, you know, once again, it's money changes everything. Money changes everything. Yeah, I can see that. So when you guys get out after the Olympics, mm-hmm. what was your first endorsement? Did you, did you? Yeah, we. Oh, we got a Lee Jeans was, commercial. It's so funny, Lee, because remember Lee was so big. It was, was Lee huge. Levi's. And ours was stretch jeans. It was like stretch cord stretch because we skated in these jeans. So what is that like? I mean, when oh you my sit god! There, no, like, because I mean, I'm sure. Did right. you did you wear Lee jeans yes, before? We did. But no, before and, the and commercial. No. No, no, I'm saying. But <laughs> oh, no, you Randy know, might have. Randy but, might yeah, have. But the thing is, but so after you have to wear them pretty much. Well, yeah, it's it helps. So, it helps. So they would, you know, we'd get jeans out the wazoo in the mail, and and you know, it's it's very lucky. What are it, some of the other products you did? Because we uh, only did we only had two major commercials. So Lee jeans, and then years later, like '87. Nestle's Crunch. Okay. Which was a great one, which is on YouTube. If you you know type in. Are you, are you a big chocolate fan? No, okay. not. Okay, and I have a line funny. of chocolates. But, you know, it, it was a great, great campaign. Um, and so those were our two big ones. And just, you know, different TV shows. And being here in L.A., you know, it's kind of at our, you know, it's right there in our backyard to do talk shows, do Mike Douglas, and all that stuff we did after. Um, and, and, you know, the same questions. You try and make your answers different. But we were, Randy and I were very lucky, very fortunate that people 
embraced us. Right. Re- and still embraces to this day. Now, were you, were you nervous going to TV? It's just, I would think because you, you're going from the skating, but you're not talking when you're skating. You're, it's no. your, ath- your athletic prowess. But yeah. for talking, I mean, is it was it was it a little bit weird to get used to, even though it's an well, audience? I was used to it because we were taught, you know, the subject was a little touchy. And Randy was still injured. So we were talking about, you know, and there was still this question mark, will they still compete? Are they going to go for another four years? So, you know, it was, all, it was a lot really quickly. Um, but we knew, you know, it was just being honest. You know, we weren't sure what we were going to do. Um, we, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to go to college, if we were going to join the show. It was, you know, but somehow we figured out that just being honest would work, and it did. When did you know that you wouldn't go back to another Olympics? What made you decide that oh was it? Oh, my God. We signed We signed with Ice Capades April 1st of 1980. So it was within, like, three months. So you knew. We you knew. said, we're we done. Knew. We're done we with this. We knew we had peaked, and we knew that the team in back of us, East Coast team, Peter and Kitty Carruthers, amazing, were, were right on our tails ready to push us out so they were ready to rock and it's like we're out we're out and you know you know some some athletes i think stay in too long okay yeah but that happens i think it's yeah. a matter of especially but there's money involved right okay here's a question totally off subject because i was looking through you know i always do my research <laughs> stevie nicks gave you something i want to hear the stevie nicks story because first of all were you were you a fleetwood mac fan oh, growing huge. up he, and, and so still i want i just want to hear this because it was it's so weird it's you surreal you don't think of a figure skater and the stevie and i was i saw it because I, I looked it's I a did, great story tell me because i want to hear this great she's just amazing rock and roll um oddly enough our coach's name was john nix i think that may have sparked you know because i think she you know she obviously watched so i think that and she has an uncle named john nix okay um before the 80 olympics fleetwood mac was on the cover of rolling stone um and there was a piece on on the upcoming olympics that randy and i were in so we're in the same magazine i think that may have sparked. i'm not quite sure but all this kind of stuff was happening all at once so we get this phone call before the in like the summer of '79 that Stevie Nicks would like to stop by the rink in Santa Monica and drop off some gifts. Now, could be a hoax, right? But we we kind of saw it through. So we waited an hour. We waited two hours. We waited two and a half hours, and then we said it was a hoax. Some you know funny joke, ha ha. 15, 20 minutes after we left, guess who comes twirling in in red chiffon and platform boots with gifts? Fleetwood Mac, because I think they were just about to go on their Tusk tour. Okay. So programs, T-shirts, pins, stuff, you know. Um, And the gold moon, which I'm wearing now. Now, have you worn that, like, ever since then? I wore it up until the evening Randy and I were to skate. My coach said, maybe you should take it off. This isn't like Placid, because it may get caught in your costume or something, just to be safe. And I went, oh, okay, boom, it's off. The rest is history. Coach gives it back. It's been on ever since that night in 1980. See, that's wild. That's cool. It's so wild. And Stevie, you know, not that we're close, close, close. But did you meet her after that? Yes. Oh, yeah. And she wrote the foreword to a book Randy and I wrote a few years ago. Just... And this woman is busy, busier than busy. She stays on the road. She's, she's always productive. But she took the time out because she, she understood sort of our world 
and what went into it as we understand her world and being on stage and being on and performing and being a professional. So there's this, there was a, we just got each other. And I'm, I'm such a, a huge fan, not, not so much, you know, yes, of course, on stage, but what she does off stage and giving back and paying it forward and just, but she saw something in Randy and I that she identified with. See, that must be cool. Now, now what it's are, so cool, and this will stay on. And it's Stevie Nicks. It's Fleetwood Mac. You know, Nicks. The, you know, the huge band. And plus, they're Southern California. So, being a Southern California yes. girl for you, it's even that yes. must be that much more. It'd be like me if Bruce Springsteen heard the show and sent me something because I'm a New Jersey guy. Right. I would be like, oh my god, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's the thing. It's, well, who are some of the other uh, interesting and uh, famous people you've met that, oh that, you, that, no, that you sit there did anyone ever just like blow you away because you were sitting there going I can't believe I'm meeting because I'm sure because you guys were stars and I'm sure anything people want to meet stars yeah. anything stars yeah. it's like that star group you know like yeah. hey we want to meet well it's Who? always I mean rock stars there's so many and, and so many rock you know rockers are, are my close friends it's just it's athletes want to be rockers and rockers right. want to be athletes that, that whole thing so I have tons of of Talented musician friends. I think it would be, you know, the presidents. President Carter in 1980. We now, got did you get to go to the White House? Call. Yes. What was yeah. that like? The White House? Yeah. Um, surreal. The whole Lake Placid time, kind of foggy because, it, you know, it was a rough time for us. Um, but the first telephone call we got after it happened was from President Carter. And so he had the whole team come, as they do, come to the White House and it's just, you know it's very proper. He was very you know, very embracing, very nice. Um, we met the Queen of England in '79. Okay, now you know what's and, funny. Okay, what? I got to ask you about the Queen because uh, <laughs> no, no, this is you met her, Nia mm-hmm. Vardalos. The she wrote my big fat Greek uh-huh, wedding. Uh-huh. She met the Queen, yes. and she what said, year? Uh, "This was just this was God when that wedding that movie was big." But mm. she just said it was very weird because there was like. There's so many rules you have to go to when oh, you yeah. meet her. Like you, yeah, you can't. You can't say something. You can't. You can't turn. talk to her until she, if she right. talks to so, you. So what's that like? It must be. I would. Be, I would start to be like weird. pissed off. I'd be like, wait a second. I know she's the queen, but didn't we beat their ass in the in the uh, you know the 1776? Yeah. You know, I think we should have it's it like, right away. Get real. You know, I I I get it, but I don't get all that fon 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 stuff. I don't quite understand it, but it's what they do. It's those are her rules. She makes the rules. So, you know, you curtsy, don't talk to her, she has to talk to you first, don't put your hand, you know, all this stuff. Um, she was a huge skating fan, and this was at Wembley Arena. Um, so it was great. And, you know, I, I, great memories. Um, met President Ford, met pre- President Reagan, uh, met Bill Clinton at some function. I heard um, that when, when you meet him, he's like so damn charming in real life. Who, Clinton? Yeah, I've heard he just oh got that. God. He has like that. Someone <laughs> like, said, someone, yeah, someone I know, this girl yeah. I used to work with said she met him. And she said, you know, you may see him on TV, you may think this, but when you meet him, he is so damn charismatic is, that yes. you just sit her going, I would go home with this guy right now. And that, that's like, uh, that's, so true. It's, they said he yeah. just has this charm, yeah. but it's not, it's it's not, not like not a swarmy no. charm. It's just this certain, but of course he is a president, but yeah. it's a certain thing. I mean, it's so, class. It's charm it's down home it's he was it was real it was real um and and he's handsome he's you know he's a beautiful man but beautiful inside yeah so you might always know you said you're working on a book 
Yes. Because, I mean, okay, yeah. you, have, you have so many stories. I mean, you've met so many people. <sighs> when you're in the ice capades, how many times, how long are you on the road? Was it just constant? Because the road, and a lot of, it's so funny, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people think the road is so glamorous. And I did <gasps> I did the road for, for like five years in oh, comedy. Okay. But I wasn't always on the road. I would do, you know, a week here or yeah. 12 days away. I come back, of but course. But still, but the road's it, the it's road. Not, it's not glamorous. It's, it's, it gets very monotonous. and It's a lot I mean, of work. I mean, of course. First of all, the difference is, you know, when you're a comic, you know, you're not a big name. <laughs> you're, you're staying in crappy hotels. I'm sure you guys were put up at the best hotels. <laughs> no, so. we weren't. No, when, when you were the ice capades. Oh, you know, my God. What are some of the worst hotels you've ever oh seen? Oh, my God. Um, was it Travel? The, um, travel Lodge? Travel Lodge. You're, you're the know, star of the ice capades. company. doesn't matter. The Travel Lodge. Travel Lodge. Motel 6. And then, you know, in some other cities, it, it, it would go up three notches. So I've been in the, in the worst. <laughs> And you become a gypsy. You make it your own. You know, do you, do you, really all you want is clean sheets, a lock on your door, and just to feel safe. Um, but, you know, that's nine months. Icecapades was nine months on the road, two weeks off at Christmas. It was go, go, go. And you would jump from city to city. It wasn't it like was you would stay the, for a week. We, no, we were in, in Icecapades. It was each city in a week. After that, after we left Capades, we kept touring up until 98, the one-nighters. We did Vegas, we did Harrah's, you know, we've done Atlantic City, eight weeks at, at Harrah's in Atlantic City. We, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. How do you keep it fresh when you sit there and you're, because you're doing the same show and it's like mm -hmm. anything, you're doing it so much. Right. And you're sitting there and, I mean, it must get a little bit boring at times. I mean, um, it's, I mean, because you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm just talking to you, I'm sure the type of person that knows that you said earlier that your view on, you know, the performing and the money and all mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. Talking to you, I'm sure you, you want to give the crowd a good show because they right. paid money and they are your fans Absolutely. and you appreciate that. Absolutely. But sometimes it just must be like, ah, you know what? I don't want to do it. You know, it well, yeah, Ice Capades, um, the weekends were tough. Three shows on a Saturday, two on Sunday, mostly kids who don't, you know, would much rather see a Smurf right. or a whatever <laughs> character. They, you know, like Tyron Randy, you know, it was, you know, and to have to follow a Smurf. In a show, it was rough. So that you know, but there's always something to work on. There's always some to, something to improve on. You know, no, the, there were never just perfect shows. Either it's something with the chorus, or something with the costume, or the you know the the set. There's so it, was, it never got. Bo I never got bored. I've never gotten bored ever in my life. Do you ever get? Did you ever get tired? Because absolutely and, and winded. Because I, I figure you. It must be such. You must have such great conditioning. Yes. And. You know, and it's like anything. As we get older, mm -hmm. we don't really want to do the conditioning. And I go right. to the gym now because of my heart. But it's yeah. like I sit there, I get bored. I'm, I do 50, 50, 55 minutes of cardio a day. Right. And I'm sitting there on the treadmill going, this sucks, man. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, you know, this TV, I don't want to watch this TV show because every gym has a TV now. Oh, and right, thing. right, right. And I mean, for you, it's like if you didn't do the conditioning, you would probably feel it that night. You know what, though? The shows kept you in condition. Okay. It was that much work. Um, you know, some kids would, would go running before a show, and, and I just, I wasn't big on it back then. I mean, now I would probably do things differently and have so, some sort of exercise regimen along with doing the show every night. But d doing a show every night kept us in pretty good shape. Now, when you did the shows, did, mm -hmm. did you have creative control over the outfits you wore, or did they always pick them, or could you say, I don't want this, or did they have someone design with you go, we had okay, a tie will look good in this color or yes. that? Yes. We had someone who designed for us. 
Um, and then you have to coordinate it with the other um, performers in the show or whatever the theme of the show with the music. So, yeah, we, um, we never really went out in something we didn't enjoy being in. We're very lucky. Now, over your career, mm-hmm. what's the most expensive outfit you've worn on the ice? I mean, oh, that, like price-wise, like because I see sometimes people go because they're very elegant these yes, parts, but then yeah. some of jewels. And now, when you're, you know, and what would you say was the most? And were you nervous wearing something that expensive? Because it's like, well, wait a second. Um, probably the most expensive. Probably later in our career, we have a great costume designer, Jeff Billings, who designs for a, the show Stars on Ice, which okay. it will come to town soon. Um. You know, nothing over five grand. You look at skaters' costumes now, and they're they're much more. You know, now you've got Vera Wang and whoever else. So it's no, and you, you know, you control it. You don't want you want the skating to speak for itself. You don't want to overpower anything, which I see a lot in skating today, where it's more about the costume than the performance. And Even the music, a, you know, it's like it's yeah. like some of the music I saw at the Olympics. I, I don't know at one point. Well, now they're you they they can use top, I, and I'm like sitting there going, okay, you know. I'm, ZZ Top was good when I was younger. I'm not, yeah. but I'm like, I can't see. It's like, are you bringing NASCAR to skating? I mean, no, it's it's like ZZ it's, Top. It's like, yeah. did not suppose it. You know, I mean, Metallica. I could see just because it's got more mel- melodical. But right. I think someone was skating to ZZ Top. Really, and I missed I was that like, one. I was Which like, song? I don't even know. She's got legs. I was no. It was, like, <laughs> it, was, it was one of them. But I was just sitting there, and I think unless Sharp I'm hearing things, I, yeah, it was something like there was one of those. And I'm, I'm like, why are they skating to ZZ? It doesn't make sense. Well, the rules have changed. They, they we're now. They are now allowed to use, to some extent, vocals. I don't know if I'm down with that. I don't think, I think it takes away from it. It does take it, away from it. It takes away from it. elegance. It's it taking you know. away, you know, whatever they can do to take away from it. And it's like, no, let the skating, if you're good, your skating should speak for itself. You, sh- you should need a crazy costume and crazy music. How would you guys pick out the songs you skated to? Was there a, a process or did you and Randy both have to agree on it? We both have to agree, too, yeah. Or was it a whole? Um, my mom did a lot of the uh, finding of the music. There was a Wallach's Music City okay. in Hollywood, which is now gone. She would eat records, get the records, listen to the records, take it to the coach, have Randy listen to it, see if it matches, you know, the the, you know what we wanted to wear it was a whole process um yeah and when you turn professional you have to work with the producer so it's a collaboration of everyone so you were just you said you were in park city yes okay now how did does that happen that was that a big olympic gathering yes. or what february is the best month well i saw, I saw you a few weeks ago on, on uh, uh la news you were on, interviewed on uh one of these stations yeah. maybe nbc because my NBC. I, so when i was talking NBC. about coming on the show with robert my, my girlfriend's like hey she's on so i said oh i came downstairs yeah and checked out. So, yeah we um the, the one in la at the hilton was uh team usa um what they do all the sponsors like liberty uh, mutual liberty liberty mutual yeah, um united airlines all those commercials we saw on nbc they throw these gigs. So we had one at the Beverly Hilton. I did one in Vail for the same um, sponsors. And then I just came back from an NBC uh, meet and greet corporate gig. And like I was saying, February for us past, whatever they call us, former past Olympians, is the best month because we get these gigs. And they're one, and, and it's really just greeting people and telling your Olympic experience, past Olympic experience. Have, have you ever considered... Because you have a lot of energy. Have you ever considered? <laughs> no, but you know, it's good. Have you ever considered about going into commentary? 
I would love it. I mean, because you you have a good name, you have a good look, you have energy, you have a good voice. You're not like they got to hire you. You know, NBC they're pretty locked in with their Scott Hamilton and ba 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 ba. You know, they have contracts. I did some work for The Insider, interviewing local future Olympians, um, Ashley Wagner and uh, Greg Luganis. I got to interview, so it was and it was the best learning experience for me. Um, and I'm so grateful that Brad Bessie hired me because I, I love being on the other side. I did learn because I didn't know. Ask the question and then shut up. Don't jump in. I kept trying to jump in like because I knew what the conversation. Right. It's like, well, this could be, you know, I, I know what kind of what you're going through. And they had to stop me like I don't know how many times. Just ask the freaking question and then don't say anything, Ty. <laughs> Cut. Don't say anything. Like. So it was a learning experience. So I loved it. I love being on the other side. I'd love to do more. Now, do you met, do these do these young kids look up to you like as a mentor because you are a, a, you are an American legend and I can say I'm saying I'm saying Thank legend you. and I you are though. That. Thank but you. No, as a kid though, I mean, you know, <laughs> these kids, you know, even like the the young Olympics must look up to you because you had you well, you've had a great career. I mean, yeah. five times and you would have won the gold if no one got hurt. So that's just Thank I'm you. saying the hell with the damn Russians. <laughs> But I'm just saying, and, and they listen to me in Russia too, so I'm sorry, people, if they do. But no, now, do kids look up to you, or do they well, come they, up and go, like "Wow"? Like we were talking about earlier, the, um, the kids really don't know. The parents know us, and the grandparents know us. So you kind of you have to remind them. Like there's this little um, very talented skater, Star Andrews. Um, she kind of she she hit it big with this video on YouTube, which she skates to whip my hair. If you go just type in Star Andrews okay. and whip my hair. I don't know how many hits, a gazillion hits. Anyway, talented young skater, little black girl. Um, she has it. Whatever it is, this one has it. And I saw it, and I was like, how can I help? You know, I can't not financially, but sort of a mentor. This is what you're going to, you know, this is what's going to happen if you do this. And da, 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 just kind of that, helping her out with that and her, and her mom out with that. So... Yeah, it's you know, it's I'm I'm flattered with all of it. But the young ones really they they don't know. Right. But so the parents have to kind of school them on this is who you just got an autograph from or who you talk to. But I love the little ones and I fear for the future skaters. You know, I'm not quite sure where my sport is going right now. It's kind of in a it's in a funk. We had some funkiness last week in the judging. I, yeah, it's it I, that's funky. a big thing. Yeah, it's it's crazy like that. And it's funny because one of the sports shows said that the girl who got the silver from Korea, she won the gold last year. I mean, last Olympics. Yes. And they said, you know. like in sport, like in any other sport, like in ranked sports and judging, mm-hmm. to get knocked out of that seat as number one, that person has to have an extraordinary performance, which that person did not. Did not. They had a gold medal worthy of yeah it was but good not, for her, but not, not to unseat the champion right so we have like five minutes left man that flew see i told you it flies wow so what is what's what, what's what? what's coming up now with you what oh are you my doing? god well the book the right. book we are um we i did two sample chap this this will probably get the best of me because i'm going deep and honest and there's just there's so many you know th- chapters um from skating from sobriety uh Past relationships, so you know, comedian. Um, I know. 
David, yeah. yeah, interesting. Philly guy. I know your world. Phil, he's a Philly guy. He's a Philly guy. Yeah. Interesting world. Interesting man. But so there's there's a lot, and I did two sample chapters, and then you do a, like a, a one or two page synopsis. No, I think we did more. Um, I was exhausted, well, yeah, but it's it now be. in its pitching stages. Okay. So I'll probably my literary agent is in New York. So you go and pitch to the publishers, and hopefully you get someone who believes in you. I think I mean, and I have a nineteen-year-old, and I think people will read it. I, I, I do. It's, I mean, it's because you are, as I said, people know you, and it's, it's a, a matter story of, of survival. You know, it's like it's like Robbie's book. You know, Robbie's yes. book was great, and that's yeah. we want to hear because you 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 went through some stuff mm-hmm. and you came out on top. Robbie right. went through the hard thing; he came out on top. Yeah, we we still love the underdog that isn't the underdog because they were up here, but none of you guys had a complete fall from grace that right. people were like, what? You know, you guys have always been, and people like to read about that. People well, I think like, if you own it, and I've owned, I've made, a, made, you know, tons of mistakes. We all have though. Yeah, but you own it, and you stay honest, and that's when you, you know, that's when the people, they'll stick with you. Now, did you say you have a line of chocolates? Yes, Thai Treats. No, ThaiTreats.com. No, how, how did that come about? Frank Sheftel, uh, from a radio show. Um, Frank Sheftel, who also owns the, uh, his family owns the largest candy store here in the Valley, as a guest on his radio show, gave me a piece of chocolate shaped in a skate. We took it from there. It's like, there's something here. What's here? He goes, would you like your own line of chocolates? I'm at the point in my life, why not? I never ate chocolate. I don't love chocolate, but I sure love designing it and, and lending my name to it. So and are they skate or is it ice cream? They're skates. Are... I do skates in all different flavors of chocolate. I do a moon in honor of... Stevie Nicks. I do a pink skate because I wear pink skates. So and it's it's you know it's growing. It's now it's it's almost been a year. So you go to tietreats.com. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at tietreats. I'll follow you on Twitter. Yes. I follow you anyway. But now, and now, do you still skate a lot, or do you ever get on skate? Or yeah, Randy and I just did as I told you um, this gig in Cleveland with Scott Hamilton. We're all in our fifties. Yeah, do you feel rusty? I mean, absolutely. Because I was gonna say it's, it's we're, but we're all in the I, same I, boat. I wake up from doing cardio and I'm, I'm yeah. I just turn fifty and I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, I'm like, it's, I saw my girlfriend. We don't, we don't like, do what we used to do. It's like the brain remembers what it used to do, but your body, you know, you do what's presentable. And and Scott just said before we went out to skate, he says our goal for tonight is to stay vertical, and we all stayed vertical. And people are probably gr- glad to see you. They this, the crowd. Because we, uh, Cindy Lauper sang live okay. at this one, so we skated to True Colors, and no one knew about this group number with the four of us. Place went ape crazy. See, that's awesome. It was, it was absolutely awesome. So, so the book. When do you think the book will come out? I don't, well, dep- you know, I got to get the publisher first. So and, and I'm hoping in the next, you know, couple of years. It's a lot. It's, it must be hard just because and also it's your life and you're putting yes. your life on page yes. and you're saying everything and it must be very hard sometimes to bear your soul and you it know is. and then sometimes I've learned is because I were I'm working on some writing stuff where right. if it's what if you bear your soul and people don't like it oh, and, and that, then, that's then you're going happen. wait a second this well, is my life and they're saying eh, this oh, is yeah. crap I and mean, I'm prepared for that okay are I'm, you? I'm absolutely because you know it's not going to please everyone. And, and and there's a way to do it. This isn't. This is not a book of slamming people. Right. It's not one of those because those are those that comes back to haunt you. But it's my story on and off the ice, and there is a lot. Real quick before we go. Yes, sir. Now, are you voicing one of Paul Carafote's books? Are you the voice? I thought he said something. I he he um, drew in. He included a character called Ty the Butterfly. Okay. I adore Paul. He's great. He is great. What a ta- talented. 
So, yes, I think I'm in this next, um, is it his third or fourth book? Okay, I think it's third. Yes, yeah, Ty the Butterfly is a character. See, that's in, awesome. in Charlie Bubbles. Yes, I'm, I'm so grateful. That's cool. well, I want to thank Paul. you. I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you for uh, having give, me. Give all your info for the people, your websites. And okay, all that. Um, website is under construction, so probably in the next couple of weeks, tybabylonia.com. Look for that. I'm, at, um, I'm on Twitter at Ty Skates and at Ty Treats. I'm on Facebook, Crazy Facebook. Um, I sort of put it all out there in, in the classiest way I can. It's it's my publicist. I don't have a publicist, so I use Twitter and Facebook. Well, thank you. It's been great. Thank you. And people, follow Please. me at Cooper Talk. Also, email me, Cooper at Indy100.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, what else? Oh, go to uh, iTunes or Twitter Radio. I mean, Stitcher Radio. Type in Cooper Talk one word or my website, coopertalk.net. I have about 230 episodes up. Also, if you have an Android phone, Google Play Store, type in Cooper Talk. You can get the Cooper Talk app. Also, every Tuesday at the Playa Azul Bar in Burbank on uh, Magnolia, I host uh, crappy comedy. So come out. Come out. And uh, yeah, so keep listening, people. And I have some great guests coming up in the next few months and weeks. And I'm booking them now. And send me some emails because I'd love to hear from you. Follow me at Twitter at Cooper Talk. Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a great weekend. It's time for me to get lunch.